for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Say our love is a flame, not an amber. Say it's me that you want. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the A Slut Podcast. That's advice, sex, love, understanding, and trust. The A Slut Podcast. It's also an anti-slut shaming podcast. So we talk about sex, we talk about relationships, we talk about a lot of different things, really. We talk about kink, we talk about polyamory, we talk about swinging, all sorts. But today's a bit of a different one. Today we have a serious, serious conversation. It is with Ben Atkinson, also known as Ben Diggy, who was a New Zealander of the Year nominee um, through his work with Eat My Oh Fill the Lunchbox. It was at the time. He's now with Eat My Lunch, doing a similar sort of thing, which was a buy one lunch and you're gifting two lunches to to school children in need. Just why I got on that, but we're not talking to him about that. We're talking to him about consent, and we're going to go quite in depth about consent as well because it's it's a serious issue that doesn't get talked about quite enough, I don't think. So we do it. We talk the ins and outs of it, what it actually is, what constitutes. Um sexual assault among other things and the reason that we're talking about this is that we had somebody who's been a part of our life at some point or or other a lot closer to Ben than he was to me but that's doesn't really matter as far as I'm concerned the fact of the matter is that this person was sexually assaulting women and Ben held his hands up and said, look, I I let it happen. My inaction enabled his action. And he held his hands up hot and said, look, yeah, that's, that's not on, and let's try and change this now. So we talk a lot about that as well. Um, I know I'm a little bit more somber than usual today, um, because this wa- this was a very, very deep talk, and I've uh, had to obviously listen to it again, and it brings up some pretty, some pretty crazy feelings, to be honest. So, um, yeah, just a reminder to everybody as well that you can contact us on the socials. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of them are the same handle at the Airslot Podcast, or you can email through to me at the Airslot Podcast at gmail dot com. If you have any questions, anything that you'd like to know. Um, if you're having any issues, if you've, especially around consent after this episode, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, from you about what you think of this episode. Um, like I said, I think it's uh, quite a quite an important episode, uh, quite an important topic for us to talk about. So, without any further delay, we will get on to my interview with Ben Atkinson. And we will talk 
a lot about consent. I hope you enjoy this one. Like I said, it's a little bit more serious than usual, but definitely a necessary one. Enjoy. I'm sitting in the club I feel it's not hot enough Until you walk in It's like oh my god Then again I don't believe in God I believe in you And that's the truth I want to get close to you And get all up inside your space Whoa there What are you doing? You don't even know this woman She's a fine young thing She don't need grooming She's a human being She's got a brain And remembers everything you say Which reminds me Hi, sorry to talk about you Anyway, Jack, we got things to do Women? No, that's what I'm trying to say Let's let this out to the right extent This guy wants you But only with your consent Only with your consent Welcome, Ben, to the podcast. Thanks for being on here. It's good to speak to you. Now, a lot of people in New Zealand are going to know who you are. A lot of people overseas who listen to this probably won't. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you've come from, what you've done, what your background is, all that sort of stuff. Uh, my name's Ben Atkinson. I'm uh, originally from Nelson, New Zealand, but I've been based in Christchurch now for 14 odd years. Um, I'm what is called a social entrepreneur. Um, I was the founding director of Builder Lunchbox, which was a social enterprise. The main purpose of uh, getting lunches to Kiwi kids who typically go to school with Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we operated a buy one get two model, so for every lunch we sold in public, we then donate two to Kiwi kids that go with Apple. Um, we operated out of a living drug and alcohol rehab center here in Christchurch. It was primarily for men who were just come out of prison. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty, um, pretty insane experience <laughs> to be working day to day with guys who just come out of jail. Big dudes, smuggle mock tattoos on their hands, yeah. kind of coaching them nicely how to make a honey mustard dressing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a wee bit different. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's my vibe. I'm a, uh, my personal purpose is helping people help people. So, mm-hmm. um, I kind of base every decision I make in my life around, um, how I'm going to engage communities and, um, achieve social good by getting people involved. So I do a lot of things. I get into a lot of trouble, whether it's protesting, um, passports over the death of my friend, whether it's um, getting a result from the Canterbury police within 48 hours regarding how they um, the posting mud shots in the page and facilitating mm-hmm. bullying yeah. by the New Zealand police, which is terrible. Yeah. And we managed, we managed to get a result in 48 hours by kind of getting in touch with the media and strong arming them into changing their whole social media policy. Um, so I pretty much just like to get out there in the community and and really just make a difference by getting people involved. Fantastic, really. And let's not skip over the, what I think is kind of a big deal. I know you don't like to pump yourself up a lot, it's, it's about others, but you have been a New Zealand over the year. Award was it, maybe? Uh, nominee. Nominee. Which is, which is awesome, because there were, how many nominees were there? I don't know, actually. Couldn't have been too many, but to make that elite group out of, you know, the four million people that are in the country, or whatever it is, that, that's, that's a big deal, and that's, that's really impressive as well. Yeah, pretty humbling experience, it was a really nice thing to go to. Yeah, sure. Lots of free wine. 
<laughs> you never say no to free wine. Um, but you're here today because we're going to have a serious talk. It's going to be a wee bit different to, to some of the other podcasts that have been here. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more. It's been a subject that flow, ebbs and flows throughout the episodes of this podcast, but we're going to really nail it down and talk in depth about it today. We're going to talk about consent. Yeah. Now, the reason that we're going to talk about consent is that there's been someone who's been a part of our lives at some point um, who has come under a bit of scrutiny for their actions towards women and the way that they've treated women, what they've done to women, that sort of thing. So, first of all, do you want to start a little bit about what's happened in that tonight? We're not going to name names because this person, we don't want that to be screened anywhere. But what are some of the things that, that occurred with this person that, that you know of? Um. Well, I think the first thing to say, and it's really important, is that um, I'm no expert. Mm-hmm. I'm not an expert on consent. I have no, no background in this. Um, but I'm a person who is driven by action. And when I see someone that blocks me off, I feel like I need to do something about it. Um, and what really bothers me and kind of got me into action eventually was my inaction. Mm-hmm. Um, for an action-minded person, that really bothers me. Um, for years, I was best friends with somebody who who did horrible things, and mm-hmm. and it didn't start out really bad. I guess it just got progressively worse. But the thing is that I was part of the crowd justification. I fell for the charming attitudes. I I let it happen, and I didn't say, "Hey, bro, that's not really cool. You shouldn't do that." Mm-hmm. Early enough. Um, yeah. Which can be hard to do with somebody who's a close friend, right? It is very difficult um, to kind of make that call, and, and that's something that I kind of want to work towards changing. But yeah. I guess, you know, the, the guilt I live with every day around my inaction is crippling. I feel like a bad person because I didn't say stop. I didn't mm-hmm. tell this person when they told me their stories. I didn't say, hey, look, man, that's actually not really cool. And the, the stories vary wildly. Um, I mean, one, for instance, um, my friend um, went home with a girl from, from town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure who she is. And um, he tried to um, make sexual advances on her. She was not interested. Yeah, she rebuffed him. In his words, she didn't want to put out. Um, and then when she fell asleep, he decided to. Um, I guess through a sense of entitlement um, to stand over top of her and masturbate until he ejaculated um, wow. all, all over her and then he proceeded to just get this. Um, now, there, there's some people in this world that will think that that's not, not right or it's not sexual assault because you have a physical touch person but fuck, if she doesn't want it she's obviously said no at this point she doesn't want any part of anything sexual at all. To do that is violating someone physically because, you know, you've got your ejaculate all over them and mentally as well. Because you wake up, you'll have I can't even all that happening. It would be horrible. Uh, legally speaking, it's not rape. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the legal term would be indecent assault. Yeah. Um, but but it's, it's still of that sexual nature. It is. And, and she hasn't said, hey, can you 
spray your ejaculate all over me. Yes, and even if she did say that, but then went to sleep, mm-hmm. then it's still not okay. No, point. no, absolutely. That, that should just clearly be a no Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. And it's it's a rape-like behavior. Mm-hmm. It is a behavior that is of the own to. I don't like to use the slippery salt argument. I find it's a logical fallacy, but yeah. in a way that is kind of knocking on the door of some very, yeah. very terrible behaviors. Absolutely. If you, if you get away with one thing, you want to see how much you can get away with after that. Yeah. And I mean, I was told this story as this man's friend. And I didn't laugh. I didn't egg him on. But I certainly didn't go, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's fucking wrong, man. And I, I can't even tell you why I did. Mm. Like, was I afraid of hurting him or losing a friendship? Was I afraid of... Um, even what your other friends might think yeah. if you're standing up in this in this situation. Yeah, exactly, as well. and I, I just I don't even know exactly what particular thing stopped me from doing it. But the thing is, is that I didn't say anything, mm-hmm. um, and that's why now, years later, I'm trying to find my own passage to rectify that yeah. and to help educate people yeah. on how they can and why they should speak up. Yeah, and these, these actions are just. No, not in any stretch, and that's part of the reason I started this podcast as well, so that discussions like this can happen. Because I, I haven't told you, but I've told some of the listeners, I, I started this so I could get into schools and talk about mm-hmm. consent in schools to young men, especially young men, because we have all of this big thing about telling girls how not to be raped, how, what actions they can take to seem less appealing to rape, and all of this sort of stuff. Which for me is the completely wrong way to go about it. Yeah. They shouldn't be teaching avoidance. They should be teaching these these boys yeah. not to do it. That's a band-aid solution. Yeah, it's coming along and going well. And I mean, look, we live for a very liberal country with fucking fruits. Yeah, and we don't like anything that's of any kind of sexual nature. Where we're too scared to address it mm-hmm. publicly. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of below ground yeah, shit that goes into like sex positive yeah. anything kink based we're kind of like no 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 that's not this I'll talk but, about that yeah and and that's half the half the problem because yeah exactly as soon as you look at this issue especially with how they're teaching women to be better prepared against being raped <laughs> is because that seems like the easy solution right yeah because you can go oh well, hey actually right, right, and change the human psyche don't walk alone in this area at this time of night. You know, don't wear that perfume. Don't look at somebody and smile. Yeah. Don't drink alcohol in public. Yeah. Like all these things. So don't don't, don't wear those short skirts. It, it's an easier thing for society to just go, Oh hey, you woman, don't do this. Yeah. But to say to men, hey, hey. Look, we need to actually really look at the way we're raising you. We need yeah. to look at how we're teaching you in school. We need to look at these really tough conversations. Yeah. And change that fundamental level. Yeah, that's too hard for a conservative museum. <laughs> it, it, it's gone in the too hard basket quite a bit, hasn't it? But the problem is that it's fucking not hard. No, if no. You just want to actually do it, do it. Yeah. But to get it through the bureaucratic government and all through the red tape and everything, it's challenging. Yeah, it is. So, and I, and and you can even think of how parents react to that sort of thing being spoken about in school. That yeah. that's the other side of that as well. Especially if you've got your, you know, your 40, 50 year old right wingish sort of person who doesn't want their children to be, um, 
to be talked to about this sort of thing. Yeah, like how come they don't talk. want their kids learning about sex? Yeah, let, let alone sex, uh, sex with consent and sexual assault and, mm-hmm. and how to navigate that field. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for someone I respect who, when I kind of came forward and said that I wanted to start a collective of people that would um, teach about healthy relationships and teach mm-hmm. about uh, consent, but with the main focus of actually kind of teaching young men how to pull out their peers going to cook Yeah, and we're going to talk about that a little later as well because I yeah. think that's hugely important. So when I kind of came forward with that, someone was like, well, no, you're actually just teaching young men that people think they're all rapists. And it's, it's, it's not about that. No, it's not. Because it's not about individuality in any sense. It's about peer responsibility yeah. and community. Fantastic way to put it. And, and those things like, as soon as you're not having those discussions, mm. that's when bad things happen and people don't know how to address them. Exactly. As soon as you have the discussion, then when things are noticed, people can actually talk about it comfortably because if you pass on the stories yeah. of how to so. Well, you, you even think about yeah. how often victim blaming is a thing and that stops people from coming forward on that side of things as well because they feel like, oh, you know, people say, oh, you should have worn that skirt, that's why you got raped or that's why you got whatever. And that makes people not want to come forward because they're not being able to be honest with what's happening and go, no, this wasn't me, this was this person who's done this. It has nothing to do with what I was wearing. If I'd been wearing, you know, long pants with jeans, it still would have happened. Because this person still made that decision to go and do it. Yeah. Fuck you. And the more they get knocked back, knocked back, the less they're going to talk, the more it happens because it's not being talked about. It's and that, that's fucking terrifying on a, in and of its own. Intense. And I can't even imagine how punishing it must be for someone oh, to deal with. Thank you. Privileged enough to be just your average Joe, white dude, and little old New Zealand, and not have ever had any, had any of these things happen to me. Mm. Um, I know people it's happened to, and, uh, man, intense. It's just so. the level of how much that fucks up your life mm. is incredible. Meanwhile, mm. um, the perpetrators skip around heavy job like yeah. everybody loves them, you know? And that's another important point as well, is, and I've, I've talked about it a few episodes ago on here, it's not just the immediate physical, uh, Damage. It's not even you know the next six months. The the psychological damage you can get from something like this can go on for the rest of your life sometimes. And it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's near impossible to quantify physical versus mental trauma. Mm. Um, but just from seeing people go through it, the mental trauma is ongoing. Yeah. And the mention of someone's name can trigger. Just hearing people talk about how cool that person is. All these things are very yeah. troubling because it kind of devalues the victim yeah. and what they've been through and they Absolutely. start questioning themselves. Like, was what I went through really that bad if everybody else admires this person? Mm. Is what I went through really, really. And, yeah. you know, it's, we always say, um, we see a lot of don't let the court of public opinion judge somebody. You can leave it to the judicial system. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the judicial system. Yeah. I think that, um, I think we've got a sense of time. It's, it's very reliable. Yeah. However, when it comes to rape and sexual assault, 
not not so much. It's mm-hmm. very difficult to um, prove it right mm-hmm. unless you report it. Yeah. Um, even that and, and most people don't. Yeah, you need an overwhelming amount of evidence to get any kind mm-hmm. of conviction. So a lot of these rapists, they're just in our communities. And nobody really knows or cares. And mm-hmm. they get away with it because it's actually an incredibly difficult crime to punish someone. Yeah. When we say, like, let's leave it to the court, sometimes you have to trust your personal judgment yeah. and observe somebody and observe their behaviors and weigh that upon your own moral compass yeah. and make your decisions then. Yeah, you, I, I feel as though you can't always rely on courts. Yeah. And I mean, if, if, if it's something like this, I'd, I'd go the personal life as well. That's yeah. who I am. And it doesn't mean that you have to admonish this person no. or call them names or definitely don't call them out on social media, but it just means that. Um, you know the people that you want to associate with mm-hmm. and the people that you don't want to associate with and how you're going to manage that. Yeah, for sure. sure. We'll, we'll go back a wee bit here because you talked about your sort of the fact that your inaction enabled the, the continuation of their actions. How, how and when did you realise that you were doing this and, and that you needed to change it and then made that change? I think there were a couple of things. I think it was the, just the, the continued stories. Mm-hmm. And there's more than one. And yeah. they, they ranged from just kind of gross sexual adventures. Mm-hmm. Like, I forced her to have anal even though she didn't want to. Through to, you know, I picked up a girl just after she had lunch with her boyfriend and I made her suck my dick in the back of my van. Through to driving past high schools and beeping at hitting her own girls. Through to, what I mentioned before, and other more intense stories. Mm-hmm. And they all started to weigh upon me. And I remember sitting with two of my two of my friends. And one of them said he's one wrong girl away from a rape charge. Mm-hmm. And that started to thinking. And then he done something to a good friend of mine. Um, also to uh, so another friend just put his penis in the mouth when she was asleep. Um, she, handled, she, was she handled it very well. Um, but you know, that, that was something about and one of my best friends, um, who's a very strong feminist and mm-hmm. loved the bitch, she's made me a strong person. She just looked at me in the eyes once and she's always been really fucking frank with me. And yeah. I love that about which her. is which is great. Yeah. If I'm being a fucking dickhead, she'll call me out. Yeah, it's cool because I love being that. Yeah. Um, so. and she she looked at me in the eyes and said, Why the fuck are you friends with this guy? Honestly. Yeah. And I kind of looked at her dumbfounded and then was like, well, he's really generous. He's always been very supportive of me. Mm-hmm. When I went through the toughest period of my life, he was the one person who was there. Mm-hmm. And she was like, so fucking what? Mm-hmm. Like, look at what he's doing. Yeah. Like, do you think that's cool? Do you back that? Like, if someone came up, so, and she said, like, if, if someone came up to you and said, this guy did something to me. How would you feel about that? And I was like, well, I, I don't really know. Like, mm. you know, like, surely I'm a good person, so I wouldn't support that action. And I just kind of internalized it for a day. And I was like, wow, this guy's a sociopath mm. and a rapist. Yeah. And no, no matter our history, the cut of our friendship yeah. literally was a text message from me to him. Saying those exact words. Yeah. And that's where I cut it. And I was just like, I don't 
go on so long. Yeah. I also knew that he's a really adept. Um, yeah, he's very adept at argument. He's yeah, he's a very good manipulator. And he's very charming. Yeah. And, and he used to always argue with a silly thing. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you were stuck on a, on a desert island with your nine-year-old daughter and the world was ending, would be your, your fatherly and paternal duty to have sex with her because love is everything and like you must give her that. You couldn't deny her of that. And he would argue for hours against that. Yeah, yeah. And he would argue it and he'd be like, oh, it's just different sex. Um, so I know he's very good at arguing. Yeah. So I didn't want to face that at the time. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of cut my friendship. Yeah. Which is weird. Dudes don't really tend to do that a lot. No. Um, but I cut my friendship there and didn't work for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then there, there, there was a point in here that you actively, well, I wouldn't say actively, but you started calling him out on his on his shit as well in, in person. Like face to face, right? Yeah, um, at a party, um, he approached me and called me little buddy buddy. And, and I, I kind of told him why I didn't want to have anything to do with him then. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, these girls, they love them, they think I'm a man, like, I don't see what the problem is. Um, wow. And I was like, well, I mean, they don't. And he said, well, how can I make this up? Like, how can we be friends with them? Which is very interesting. Straight away, that's just denying any right virtue to. Yeah, he he hasn't sat there and gone, yeah, I did do this. Yeah, how, how can, can I, we how can step over? Right? Yeah, yeah, right. He's it was gone, about you. And... Yeah, he's gone. Well, why won't you be my friend? Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I'll be your friend. You apologize to every single one, mm-hmm. every single girl that you've ever done something wrong to. If you apologize to them, then I'll consider you. Mm-hmm. But it has to be a real apology. It has yeah, it can't be this from fake. the heart and yeah. an actual awareness of what you've done. Exactly. Yeah, question that he does uh, understand it. And then um, for them, for those victims as well, understand and accept that because that's not my place to accept it. No, no, exactly, exactly. So that that's yeah, that's a pretty hard to think to. Then what was what was his reaction to that? I'm sort of curious to that. Was it just sort of brushed off? I imagine. Yeah, he definitely brushed it off. Yeah, and just kind of assumed that I was making a deal or nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is scary in and of itself. Yeah. That he thought it was just nothing. He began to think that I was leading a, in his words, a hate campaign against him. Right. Uh, which is hilarious in a way because this whole like modern thing of haters. H eight hours dead, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of <laughs> bullshit crap. It, it's that it's a throwaway for whenever someone calls you out on the bullshit. Yeah, you can go, oh, you're just a hater, you're jealous of me. Therefore, everything you've said is not credible. Yeah, and and it's an actual joke because yeah. people use that in very serious situations like yeah. this one. Um, I think this is a really intense issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's caused me a lot of personal strife because one of my friends had a personal strife. Mm. It's caused rifts in relationships between our friend group. And for, for him to brush it off as we just been a hater group is a total dismissal. It, it's actually kind of disgusting that he, he, this person doesn't even realize. He just thinks it's all, all, all laughs and jokes and. And yeah, boys the, the old adage of boys will be boys, yeah. We're just being cheeky. 
I actually feel kind of physically ill yeah. at this point. Um, and probably the people listening as well. And, and I, I'm not going to apologise for having this talk either. Um, if people are feeling queasy or, or are uncomfortable with, with this kind of matter, that's what we're trying to change, I guess, is, is having people not, not have to feel queasy or, or are uncomfortable talking about about this subject matter, about what's happened to people and, and things that, that can be done. Um, we'll move on a little bit from the things that he's, he's done because I don't, I don't want to sensationalise it or anything like that. Um, so my next question is, what does consent mean to you? That's a really good question. Because <laughs> um, it, it's a difficult one once you actually really think about Yeah. What does consent mean to you? And I'll, I'll ask you the follow-up question for this at the same time, is how does one show consent? Like I said at the start, I'm not an expert. Yeah, So cool. take, take everything I say with a grain of salt. I'm just the dude sitting here kind of giving my opinions on how I would look at this. Yeah, um, and, and that's what I think one of the biggest things is being self-aware and being able to understand social cues. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, you see it every day. Things posted, screenshots posted online of mm-hmm. dudes having shitty conversations with women and not knowing how to foster any kind of healthy relationship. Yeah, Tinder hasn't helped with that, has it? And it's essentially like, hey babe, what are you doing? Like, saying, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Saying, hey, um, I was thinking you should come over to my house and suck my dick. Hey, look, I'm actually not even keen on that. Well, fuck you, this is what. And I think, like, a lot of us, um, I hate to target men, but a lot of men are absolutely fucking terrible yeah. at reading social media. Oh, shit, yeah. Not only in text form, but in, in real life as in well. In face to face form as well. If a girl looks and smiles at you, it doesn't mean she wants to fucking chuck down on you. Know, like. So true. And look, I, I was really bad at, at this as well when I was growing up. And it's only been the last sort of two years or so that I've sort of sat there and you know what? I'm not the fucking deal end all. Yeah. People can just be friendly. And I've realised these last two years is probably the first time in my life that I've actually had been a friend, genuine mm. friends, because I haven't sat there and gone, "Geez, I could, you know, maybe something can happen here." Mm. You're starting to learn and understand yeah. about different relationships. And exactly, and I really wish that I'd learned this. Friends are way better than just girlfriend after girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> shit, yeah, shit, yeah. It's longer lasting. And I, and I sit here now at, at 28, and you're. 31, 32, and I, I sit here and I go, why wasn't I learning this early? Mm. The, these sorts of things. It's about communication. Right? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's when you when you ask me to define consent, there's one word, and it's communication. Yeah. Uh, there's verbal communication, there's mm-hmm. non-verbal. Um, I think both speak equally as loud as one another. Yeah, I agree. Um, a girl may be too afraid to say no, but definitely tell if you're to say mm. no. These are difficult things to teach. Yeah. But I think teaching young people that these there are methods to understand yeah. how women's feeling. The consent should be um, a mutual agreement on what you're gonna undertake in mm-hmm. for that first time. Um, checking that they're okay. Mm-hmm. And I think they should go both ways. Yeah. Making sure both parties, male on male, male on female, female on female, whatever, um, and everything in between. I think just making sure that both parties are okay. Yeah. And there's little cues, you know. Yeah. 
but my, my, one of the ones that I that I talk about quite a bit is is enthusiastic consent versus coerced consent. Like, mm-hmm. the way like for example, I, I very rarely like going into that just because it's too much of grey area for me. But the other one that that comes across as quite a bit, obviously because I, I'm in the consent as well, is um you can do it if you want. Or I don't mind if you do it. To me, that's not consent. Then that's my personal opinion. I can understand if others feeling awkward in the situation. Yeah. Well, you can do it if you want, as opposed to, well, yes, I want to do that. Or yeah, let's do it. That's really interesting because that's the manipulation. Yeah, and that's that coercion side of things. And trying to pressure people. And some people are really good at putting people in situations where they feel like it's their own. Yeah. But you you hear it quite a lot with especially young couples and married couples as well is that I feel obligated to sleep with a person mm. because I'm, I'm you know I'm their wife or I'm their husband um, or when you know it's one of your first relationships coming up as a teenager you feel as though you need to yeah. need to have sex because some people feel that they owe you sex exactly like and some some guys, and I've heard this before as well, will take a girl out for dinner, date, proper date, and then, oh, but I just bought you dinner. Yeah. Why won't you? Congratulations, you went on the most unoriginal fucking date ever. Now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Exactly. It's a bullshit sense of entitlement. Yeah. And that's uh, we were talking beforehand about, um, you know, catching cats and the cats. Yeah. And that's that thing. This this is this we're is fucking socially conditioned. From an incredibly young age to make it into some game where the manliness man wins the girl and he can get her no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if she if she doesn't want it. Catching her, she was fucking running away, bro. Like, <laughs> well, there's no more obvious sign than a girl running stop, away from you. Stop that. If they wanted to kiss you, they'd run to you while you're running after them. Yeah, that would be an effective game. Yeah. And that it's it's entitlement, I think. Yes, is a gross uh, danger to consent. Mm-hmm. People feel like they owe something, or they can take something, perhaps because of the social standing. Perhaps mm-hmm. they're incredibly good looking or really rich, and they feel mm-hmm. like they can then take whatever they want. Yeah, they deserve it. Yeah. and that's fucking terrifying. No one deserves anybody else's dignity, no. and that's what it comes down to. Like, you can't just take someone else's dignity. To gratify your own sexual ego. Like, yeah. How fucking important is that, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. So going going into this as well, it's very much also about that initial sort of conversation when you meet somebody as well. Like you said, a girl smiles and laughs at you from across the bar or something like that, gives you a wink or whatever. A question that that oh I always I did this wrong for a long time, and the question I have is. What do you think is the best way to approach another person without seeming seeming creepy or, or menacing or or predatory? Yeah, I guess because I don't think I think a lot of guys don't realise that when they go and hit on a girl, especially it, when they're drunk, especially when they're drunk, but it's fucking a terrifying experience for this girl. So there, there, I believe there are true ways of not seeming menacing. The way that I personally do it is I give them an out. I'll say, hey, you might have a boyfriend, but I'd really like to take your number. That gives them an out straight away. Go, okay, I do have a boyfriend, sorry. 
And I think that's, for me, not a menacing way. Yeah. Not and overly creepy. Exactly. It did, and it gives them the choice of what they want to do. Because they can lie. They might not have a boyfriend. But they can, it gives them an option to say that. What are your thoughts around that sort of approach? Well, my own personal experience would be useless because I wouldn't be able to approach anyone in the box. too much of a chicken shit. Um, and typically, um, you know, I would rely on the girl to make it so fucking painfully obvious that they were into me before I knew anything. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's how my girlfriend currently, you know. Mm-hmm. She was very much the one in charge. Um, <laughs> But I think once again it comes down to being able to recognize social cues. Um, when you're approaching someone, it's it's quite easy to tell if they're really not comfortable going to it. And I think my main piece of advice there would be don't fucking approach someone if you're shit based drunk. Yeah. Because just, just don't A, you're gonna look like a fucking idiot anyways and you're probably worth it. B, if you need that for courage, you probably shouldn't be doing that in the first place. Agreed. And see, it's going to come off even more intimidating. Yeah. You you can't read social cues if you're drunk. It's like driving, right? Yeah. Like, you don't drive while drunk because your response reaction is slow. Yeah. You're not going to judge everything as well as you should. Exactly. We all do stupid fucking things when we're drunk, right? Yeah. So maybe you don't. don't kind of approach a stranger unless you approach them. Yeah. I think that's pretty simple. Some people may think that that's going to be one at the top. Mm-hmm. Easy for me to say because I'm not single, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's really about reading social cues, like yeah. in terms of not being menacing and like you said, like providing a different option, mm-hmm. kind of makes it easier for them. Yeah. Um, because you really want to make them comfortable. And and the key part of this as well that I, that I wanted to bring into it is, say, if I ask that question, like I said, you may have a boyfriend, but I'd really like to know that. If they say no, I've got a woman, or they say no to you, fucking stop at that point. Yeah. Don't oh, yeah. keep going. I read I read a thing on social media the other day. It was um a mother talking to her son, and son came up to him and went, "I asked this I asked this girl out today, and um, she's really pretty. I really like her. Everything's really cool. I asked her out today, and she said no. And the mother said to the son, "So what do you do now?" And he goes. I just keep trying and trying until I get it. No, you stop. You stop right there. And, and yeah, and you don't go any further because she has made her decision. If she wants to change her mind from that point, she knows you're interested. If she wants to change her mind, then that's up to her. You leave that at that point. Sorry, and did you hear this? It was, it was on social media. Yeah. It was I hope just this a, is like an actual conversation that someone acted. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so as well. It was just one of those, I think it was, it was on Facebook, but it was one of those Tumblr posts that you see. And I'm really hoping it's a, it's a true thing, because that's, a, that's a great conversation to have. That's how we can introduce that, that, um, uh, teaching boys not to do things, not, not, not to sexual assault. And that's the solution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The solution isn't yeah. telling girls not to do this, not to do that. That's, the solution is to educate people. Yeah. Absolutely. Boys and girls are like that. Mostly boys in New Zealand. It's about educating them. Yeah. What is and isn't okay from a very young age. The the other thing that I wanted to add in here as well is it's not just boys or men with women as well. Oh yeah. It happens a lot in gay relationships. Yeah. 
especially. There's been a lot of that that's that's come through uh, recently as well. So, uh, what the the we we're speaking mainly around men and women because that's our experience in the last wee while. But I need to make it clear that it's not just oh, yeah. men and women, and it can be women sexual abusing men as well. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of talk around more around the statutory rape with teachers and students and things like that recently. Um, especially in America and stuff like that. Not so much here, thank you. but it's not. Yeah, I just I can't ram that home enough that it's not just men raping women. It's men raping men, women raping. Especially when when you're thinking about um, manipulation. Yes. And risk consent and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We'll we'll change a little bit. Um, a little bit of tack here. Because it's something that, that I'm quite interested in. I didn't grow up in New Zealand. I grew up in Australia. And I think the two are pretty close together when it comes to this. Australia is a wee bit iffy politically at the moment, so they could be anywhere on this. But in your opinion, I know you're not an expert on this, but the state of sexual education in New Zealand at the moment, what what do you think the state of sex education in New Zealand is at the moment? Do you know much about it? Yeah, this is really interesting because um, I had this conversation with a few people and it shocked me how different sex ed was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back on sex ed for me at high school and I went to a boys college, I think mm-hmm. pretty um, old-fashioned, uh, roughly, so we care about high school. Right. And the one thing that I really took away from that that I had really come up with that I didn't feel like sex ed was how to prepare a woman with foreplay, here's probably a terrible word, yeah. but how to engage a woman correctly so when you are having sex it is most comfortable for them. Right. So they taught us, you know, like how how the vagina um, opens up yeah. and the, the more foreplay you have and so they're like don't ever just shove your penis <laughs> and they also taught us where the clitoris is and oh, the wow. ways that you can pleasure a woman I thought this was normal when I was a kid yeah, that's, I talked about that's actually quite out of it but they were like oh what the hell they taught you that at high school and I was like yeah it's a new boys school um, I think we just struck out with a really good um, sex ed teacher well, I think partly that and I think it there's something to be said about being at an all-boys school rather than having to... Because I think it would be difficult to have that sort of conversation, conversation in a co-ed yeah. school, um, apart from splitting the class yeah. in half. So the that, conversation we didn't have, though, is mm-hmm. that we never talked about this. Yeah. And people so, have said to me, like, um, you can't go and just talk about this and accuse kids of not knowing what consent is. You're not idiots. And it's like, well, are they going to talk about it? Yeah. Maybe they are now, but they definitely were. I, I still think they are now. And I mean, okay. and not not to an acceptable level. Well, it was 15 years since I was in high school, so I mean, things could have changed. Um, but as far as I'm aware, it's only people that have gone into schools mm-hmm. uh, as groups of workshops. Yeah. And, and kind of like what, what you're trying to decide. Yeah, they're the only people that are really talking about yeah, really. this, this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is. It, it's a difficult conversation to have with it with is. teenagers, with young teenagers, but it it is one that needs to be had. And it's it's kind of interesting that they they've taught you how to 
prepare a woman, for lack of a better term, prepare a woman for sex, but not the the engaging with them yeah. prior. Yeah. yeah. So that that sort of leads itself to I can just go up to a girl and if I do this, they're going to have fun, and that's kind of terrifying as well. I think. So yeah, I I, I do think it has changed since then, but I still don't think there's enough on the consent side of things because the way that I grew up was just standard these are your STIs these are this is what you can happen if you're going to say this is how you put a condom on blah 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 there was not anything about consent when I was running with ginger here ginger cubes yeah thanks cheers valid information exactly carpet smashing dress and yeah so that that's the part that I personally, I really want to change that side of it because, it, like, like we've said multiple times in this already, we've got to teach these kids. Education is the only yeah. solution. Yeah. In, nearly, in nearly every social problem, we often find that there are troops of people going around mm-hmm. with band-aid solutions. Yeah. Admittedly, what I did before the lunchbox was a band-aid solution, mm-hmm. but we were working our way towards a solution that involved education. Yeah. Because that's where you make true generational difference. Yeah. Um, if you're just kind of trying to fix the problem after it's happened, mm-hmm. nothing's really going to change. Yeah. But if you get in there from a fundamental point of view, mm-hmm. and I hate to quote the Bible, I'm not a religious person, <laughs> but Psalms 22, teach a child, uh, teach a man whilst he is young and all the world he follows for a major of his life. Exactly. And yeah, so don't ask him why, just repeat a couple of verses like that. <laughs> Word of God. And the thing is, is that that's fucking true. Like, mm, yeah, you absolutely. have to teach young people what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Yeah. And more people are going to fall in line yeah. with these behaviors. I think the other part of this as well is that we need to realize it's not going to happen. No, it's a generation. It's, it's, it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not even going to be a single generation thing, I don't think. No. It's because you're still going to have your. I don't want to be stereotypical, but you know, you you mid Canada farmers, you know, still all about rugby and it's going down the pub. Yeah, it is. So it's going to take a few generations, probably. Well, I would say easily 200, 100, 200 years before it's. Yeah, I guess though it's one of those things where it's a social issue that doesn't really fall on the left or right side of the political no, spectrum, no. which leads in our favour. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as a social issue is on the map, which ninety percent of the time before, yeah. um, then all of a sudden you have the conservative backlash. Yeah. And it'll be both black or white. Or whatever. So and I guess a lot of people will probably talk to you from the LGBT um, community. Linkable. And they face a lot of backlash yeah. on the right. But when we're just talking about consent and making sure people are okay, I think a lot of people from either side are going yeah. to look at that. Well, I want my daughter to be treated with respect. Yeah. I don't want no, her to be indecently assaulted. So yeah. I think a lot more people are going to take it on quicker yeah. um, than other things like child poverty mm-hmm. or homelessness or um, fixing uh, over the top basic yeah. research. It, it, it's very difficult for somebody to say, yeah, uh, it's easy for somebody to look at a homeless person and go, okay, he's made wrong decisions, that's his fault, whatever. It's much more difficult for somebody of the same stature, same nature, to sit there and go, "Oh, that person's um, made these choices; she deserves to be raped." It's very, very difficult to and say that to someone without, without it. Without, 
without a huge yeah there is but there's more than likely going to be a huge huge backlash around that if you think of right wing politicians a lot of them will say say that about the homeless and go you know they made wrong choices that's shit happens and they don't face a huge backlash they'll get a little bit from the left side and that's about it. half of that's just pandering <clears throat> the exactly exactly but if that same politician came out and said that girl deserved to be raped, imagine that. Imagine the backlash from that. And like I said, that's why it's sort of in our favour to make these changes and to and to get in and educate people about this sort of thing. Because that that's the other part is I don't just want to do schools. I want to go into large corporations as well and talk about their culture around that. Because we've heard. A fair bit recently. I know in America, especially with politicians and stuff, there's been a whole bunch of, of sexual indecency, power manipulation, power manipulation. Um, even even the guy who gave Rosa Parks her first job when she moved up to up to Detroit from the South, because she'd gotten chased out of out of Alabama. He, over the last ten years, was found out to to be. Um, Sexually indecent to women as well, and that that's heartbreaking as well. Knowing because he was the first black congressman. Yeah, wow. I can't remember his name for the life of me now. No, but it's it's kind of crazy. This, this magnificent sort of well, I won't say magnificent now, but this great person at that time has now come through and fallen so hard because of that. It's often the people that um, get spanked on, you know, like. There. I mean, except except for old McDonald. <laughs> we expect that. Oh, you wouldn't say that. Now we're pissing off the right thing. I have no issue with that. <laughs> I don't think there's too many right folk that listen to this either, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, so, like I said, I want to get into, into talk to adults around what they're doing as well in their larger corporations and things like that because there's a lot of things going wrong there as well i think we had um, even in new zealand we had a lawyer a law firm that was doing similar sort of things uh, i'd like to get into those places and talk to those people about consent and how they speak to their to their peers and, and colleagues and change it from yeah, that level as well exactly so you can do it from the grassroots up with, with the kids yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a fantastic one. I hadn't actually thought of that, but that's a fantastic thought. So you can do it with the kids, and that's great. But if you can get the parents on board to do the same thing at home, like you just said, that's fantastic. And even how they treat their peers and things like that to stop things happening in the workplace and using that power manipulation through that as well. So many things that I think can be done. And one of the things about teaching kids is that the kids teach. The adults. Yeah. Um, they'll go home and talk about it at school and they'll pass that on. And if the adults are learning that as well, we've had this whole cycle yeah. of um, reaffirmation mm-hmm. about what each other will learn. And that, that's kind of the correct way to um, conduct oneself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, one, one of the other things I want to talk about is I wanted to speak to you about. We've spoken a, li- a little bit about education and that sort of thing as well. But what can we do to change thoughts and actions around this as well? So, for example, my, my big one, and 
it'll it'll be yours now as well from the inaction side of things is when you hear you know your mate down down the way in the office you know goes oh like this great drunk slut on the weekend or you know that sort of locker room talk as as it will be said fucking speak up and say dude that's that's fucked you know you can't sit there and go she was drunk I, I wasn't it was, it was all, all hunky dory like that's actually kind of scary in and of itself so if we go to, to ground roots yeah, what can we do on a personal level as as a human being as a New Zealander as an American as as a human to help change this it's sort of stuff. just calling people out, man. Yeah, and and, it's and that's that's just what you've hard. learned recently, right? Yeah, it is so hard to call someone out. Shit, and to call them out correctly, like if there's someone you value and their attitude is teetering on the line, then you definitely want to be able to call them out respectfully, mm-hmm. but honestly, yeah. in a way that they're going to listen to you and hopefully take that on board. Um, if they've gone well beyond that, you probably want to call them out in a very really forceful manner. You, know, you definitely want to be assertive and like, yeah. you know, that's not okay and you're not going to associate with that. But I kind of think about um, there was that TV ad, and I don't watch TV, but I saw a shit on the internet. The, uh, the dude drops a pie, oh, that's gay. He's like, it's not gay, it's gay. Oh, yeah, no, I heard these ones on the radio. Okay, so here's like a little bit of a tale. I, I told you at the start about how I was at uh, Living Drug and Alcohol Recap Center, and then I just kind of mm-hmm. These dudes have done some fucked up things, right, mm-hmm. in their lives. Um, it was always a policy of mine to not ask them what they had done. If they yep. wished to tell me, that was cool. Yeah, which is fantastic. Confidential conversation with them. So I was not going to share anything here. Yep. Um, but some of these dudes, man, they're Fucking tank and mm-hmm. intimidating, you know, like tattoos all over. I mean, <laughs> you've got tattoos. I, all over I got tattoos all over my head. I'm a skinny white dude, not intimidating. Um, <laughs> and you know, they're like pretty intimidating people. Yeah. And it even cuts through to them, mm-hmm. where these are guys who you would expect to be calling people gay or faggots mm-hmm. just for for no reason, like yeah. not actually for the sexual reason, just being derogatory, but I started hearing it in that house environment oh, where wow. someone would say that and I'd go, hey man, it's on the game, it's gay. Yeah, that's and, all. That, and it and became awesome. a call with a slogan for yeah. them, right? Like, they actually felt cool saying it, maybe mm-hmm. because they're in something like TV, maybe yeah. it's because they had learned something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were kind of better in themselves. But the, the core thing is, is that having something so simple like that mm-hmm. actually has had a transformative change, and it's made it easier for people to call people out now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, like before, if someone said, "Oh, they're gay, bro," you'd probably look at them and go, "Why ah, just say that?" You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't really call them out, and you didn't know how to call them out. No. But now, if someone goes, "Oh, there's gay, bro," you go, "Well, it's not actually gay. Yeah, it's not gay unless it's gay." No, it's right? gay. Yeah. And then they go, "Oh, well, yeah, yeah, okay, you know." And so having a slogan, like a means to make it easier for people to approach their peers or their friends, mm-hmm. or fuck man, the creepy uncles, you know, people in the family, providing them an easier opportunity and a way to to deal with that yeah. is really important. Like as sure. soon as someone's got 
something that they just know. You know, like, I've got this idea of you doing like going and teaching young men about mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And a big thing that I want to focus on is how you call out your kids. Yeah, for, for sure. Behaviors for sure. And kind of catch some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you can come up with a cool slogan, I haven't yet. I'll get together with a bunch of people. Oh, you've got one. I've got one. I saw I saw this the other day and it was shared on, on the podcast Facebook page. It's a guy wearing a t shirt and it just says consent. Get some before you get some. Nice. Yeah. It's so not bad, well, eh? There you go. Yeah. And that oh just just for those listening, I was scrolling through my phone currently <laughs> like, trying to find it at this point while Ben was Ben was talking then. And so. that's that's it, man. Like yeah. as soon as you got something, Yeah. Get some before you get some. Yeah. And, I think I think that's and it's just fantastic. about fucking like this whole thing. Right? It's about <clears throat> communication. Yeah, non-verbal and verbal. Mm-hmm. And and it's just finding the best way to call people out. And like something like that is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, if a bunch of really super tough, intimidating crims, um, ex-crims, like in a rehab center, can do it, I don't see why average Joe on the street can do it. You know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Fucking measuring stick. Yeah, like, I mean. I don't mean to belittle them in any way. No, um, of course not. They're, they're actually working harder than most people I know to better their lives. Exactly. And they're going through intense. That, that's so why they're, they're in that sort of center. Yeah. It's a, it's um, a better but they're the people that society would often look down their nose at. Yeah. You know, and if you want to look down your nose at those people, then you should fucking check yourself and realize that you too need to develop a better personal awareness about what's happening around you and how to confront that. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, the the other ad that I remember, I was, we had the radio at work, so I played it a lot, and it was the same, it's not a game, it's a game, it was around a, a wedding. And it was like, oh, how was that wedding on the weekend? Oh, how was, yeah. Oh, I heard you went to a wedding on the weekend, how was it? Oh, it was really gay. You're like, I'm not sure you're supposed to say that anymore. You're like, no, it was David and Tony, it was, it was <laughs> really gay. You're like, oh, I love those guys. Yeah, it was, it was great. It's not gay unless it's gay. Yeah, a positive way to take it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I found that advert really quite funny as well. I was like, that's clever. I like that. Um, because that that's another one of my big things as well is, is through the LGBT, et cetera, et cetera, stuff, um, which I think is really important as well because there's still a lot of discrimination. That I was reading the other day, there's actually, um, there's, Women and and lesbians that are actively against femme trans people, um, purely because they haven't gone through the same struggles that women have, and you sort of sit there and you go, well, really? and and without being too, I don't want to go too far into it, but a lot of it's the lesbian community and the, and the feminist community. I'm not going to say it's definitely all of them because that's bullshit. It's that it's that minority. Very much the minority yeah, side, sure. sitting there going, uh, we, what the hell? We can't, yeah, we can't be dealing with this sort of, sort of thing. And it's just like, you sit there and you, and you try and dissect how it makes sense, and it does in that sense only, mm-hmm. is that they didn't have, but they had different struggles of identity during that point, as opposed yeah. to, you know, puberty and being groped and, and stuff like that. They had, they were in a different person's body growing up. I guess so. All that kind of stuff, like, I'm definitely out of the loop. Mm-hmm. So I definitely like to kind of read up because I hate to um, make misinformed statements yeah, or, sure. like, say the wrong 
words, but I kind of understand everything that's yeah. going on. But that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just find it really good. And even even bisexuals is, is another one that sort of get a bit of crap because they're not completely gay, they're not completely straight. So straight people are like, oh, you're, you're, you're gay. And then. Completely gay or completely <laughs> straight even <laughs> Right? And then you get the gay people that go, oh, you're not gay enough for us, or you're not straight enough for us on the other side. It's a shame. It's, it should be a community, right? Yeah, exactly. Community is something that I think there's two things that enrich people's lives really fucking greatly, and that people don't thoroughly understand it, mm-hmm. and that's having your own personal purpose and letting it dictate your life. Yep. And um, a lot of people without purpose, particularly by suffering or depression. Mm-hmm. And the second is community. Mm-hmm. Uh, not having a sense of any kind of community is crippling. Yeah. And also leads to a lot of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And to, to hear a community is kind of fracturing. Yeah. In, in fighting yeah. it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's not nice, but it, it does, it is quite common mm-hmm. in, in many different ways. And then you can see, again, I hate to use this as I'm with Australian politics at the moment, with the, with the Liberal Party and the sort of all over the show at the minute with, with leadership challenges left, right and centre. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was like something like 10 prime ministers in the last 12 years and people have gone, oh, it's, it's phenomenal. That sort of stuff. And people, and that sort of comes from slightly differing views within a community and branching off into smaller communities. Yeah. And then those smaller communities yeah. butting heads and... See that and they come from like a metal um, session coming back Yeah. Around. And now you've got like so many subgenres and sub subgenres yeah. of metal in the communities so much. It's not negatively fractured in terms of people no. just like each other or butt heads with each other, but um back fifteen years ago playing shows you would have every metal head in town turn up to yeah. metal show. And now you have people going, Oh well, actually that's Swedish black and thrash metal and I actually don't listen to uh Venice Wayland and Grindcore. <laughs> and so you have people going to be very specific subjects. Yeah. 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 So, and that's, that's another good example, like a good anecdote for, for what we're talking about. But, um, and one more thing that I wanted to talk about is, and I, I, I seem to remember you doing this, but I can't quite remember, was like the male version of the Me Too sort of movement, where you came, uh, I know I was part of it, where it came out and said, I've done these things. Mm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that you were a part of that as well a few years ago. Yeah, perhaps. I don't think it was in regards to sexual abuse, mm. but it was in regards to um, unhealthy relationships. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was in a very toxic relationship. Um, and I don't wish to, to talk about that person or yeah. to bring yeah, into it, but um, it was a... The toxic behavior from one side pushed the other, which pushed the other. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm very ashamed of how I um, acted in that relationship. Yeah. And and I thought, I will never ever be a good boyfriend after going through that. Yeah. Um, and I was very public about it because, man, fuck it, I made a mistake, right? Yeah. And, and that's an important thing is owning your shit. Yeah. I'll always say that. If and you fuck up, put your hands up. Yeah. And you'll, mean, get, you'll, get, more mistakes, right? you'll and get more respect for it. You'll get more respect for it. Well, you don't learn if you don't fuck up. No, exactly. Um, I thought I'd never be a good boyfriend again. Mm-hmm. And then my relationship after that was actually really cruisy yeah. and good and yeah. healthy. And I was like, oh, 
maybe I actually took a lot away from that really, really negative experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and my relationship now is fantastic. Like, yeah. Literally, it's a fucking walk in the park. Like, just zero issues all the time because yeah. we respect each other. Yeah. And and yeah. you'll and you'll be communicating about yeah. your shit as and well. Yeah, we, we know how to discuss things. Yeah, and, and like nothing's even gotten to the point of a wild disagreement. You know, mm-hmm. like, just because I think the mistakes have been made previously, yeah. and I was able to acknowledge my error in that part. Because it's really easy yeah. to go, I was in this really toxic relationship. She was a fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. Right, and put all that all of it on them. And like this yeah. person did some horrible things. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I didn't deal with those things wrong. Yeah. And I needed to learn that that was my mistake. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't own that, then I couldn't be free. Yeah. Um, so it's really lucky to have just kind of naturally worked through that. Mm. And, and you learn a lot about yourself when you look inwards as well and go, cool, I push all of this shit on this other person. Mm. But nothing's ever just one or one thing there's always another side and I, I look inwards a lot um, to try and better myself but it's only been the last sort of few months that I've started actually thinking about the way that I'm complimenting women even instead of going you know oh you're a beautiful woman it's more hey those boots are awesome or your hair looks sweet or you know your makeup looks great stuff that they physically they, they do themselves that they have control over rather than just going you know? Yeah, am I complimenting you from my mind or from the end of my day? Exactly, exactly. And that and that's something that I've sort of changed a little bit recently as well, which is really so and that's come from looking in at myself and going, actually, what am I doing here? Yeah. And that'll continue to happen. Yeah right? shit, yeah. Because we're not perfect. No, if, right if, if, like, if that's the last thing I want people to think like yeah, yeah we're just too much fuck this year. No shit no. Shit Shit no man. No. I've I've got so many faults, it's not funny. But, it's just being self-aware. Yeah. But also listening to people. Mm. Like, when people tell you things, don't, don't call them a fucking hater. And, and, <laughs> Actually and, just blow them. Yeah, a big point of that is don't listen to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that, that's a human flaw in, in 99.9% of the population, I would say. Listening is that we listen to amazing things. Yeah. And you actually hear someone and you're, Tuning into what they have to say, and not just setting yourself up for how you're going to answer back to them. I tell you what, actually, I'm fucking totally off comment. And yeah. during the last election, mm. um, I usually did vocal come election time. Um, I I was pretty vocal, but not for a particular party, but just mm-hmm. about engagement and getting people yeah, to getting vote. people yeah, to vote. I, I did a party, the simple party party. Yes, I remember this. Um, just another social call fun thing that I got into and um, what I did this election was because I was so vocal about election know-how and how the process of voting and NLP and how it works mm-hmm. and talking about things that I had to use, I had a lot of people talking to me in private messages and conversations about who they were going to vote for, why they were going to vote for that person mm-hmm. and I not once went, oh that's interesting, this is one thing for more. Mm-hmm. I would go, Oh, that's really interesting when you're voting for this person. Is there any of their policies in particular that fit with you? Yeah. Like, why are you so you're learning them? more about them rather than going, this is about me. And I never once told yeah. anyone who I was directly going to vote for. Mm. But I learned so much about people's perspectives. Yeah. 
not, not, it wasn't really about which party they were going to vote for and why, but it was about how they lived their life mm-hmm. and what they found. And even their thought processes. Yeah, and it was a really interesting thing. I came out of the election being like, man, I feel like I understand so many of my kids so yeah. much better. Yeah. Because yeah. I just shut the fuck up <laughs> and let them talk yeah. and just ask open-ended questions. And I didn't even, it wasn't like, you know, oh, so you're going to vote for top, but it wasn't Derek Morley. It was like, oh, you know, oh, interesting, you're voting for top. Like, what are the top three policies in your mind? Do you envisage them as being a party that's going to stick around for the next five years? And and it was just insane, like, how much you can actually take away from people by just letting them vote for Yeah. And just, they'll talk for half an hour, but if you're still listening there and you're engaged in what they're actually saying, and I think that's an important point, is engaging what they're saying as well. Because there's a difference between hearing and listening. Yeah. And just asking the right questions. Yeah. And I think that comes yeah. around a lot with people with mental health issues. Yeah. Discussing things with them. Um, I find myself in that position a lot. Like sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'll read a few messages with people who mm-hmm. struggle mentally. Um, and I think maybe I could put myself out there as a person that you want to talk to. Yeah. Um, Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. And, and it's good that a lot of the time I kind of just ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a hard thing to learn because I'm a solution action on the yeah. person. Yeah, um, I'm saying. But in the, in that case, a lot of people don't want solutions, they want to talk. Yeah, they so, just want to be heard. Yeah, you just they ask want some to questions. Yeah. And I'll kind of talk through their stuff and often I'll find them solutions. Yeah. It's in a way that's kind of coast coaching them to just, well, you really don't have to do that, but you just kind of ask them a lot of questions to make them. Yeah, exactly. And, all the time, that's all that's needed is they need to get whatever's weighing them down off them, right? And and that can tie back into people coming out with the fact that they've been abused. Like this whole conversation we've had tonight is if somebody comes to you, and I've had it for myself as well, somebody's come to me, somebody comes to you, somebody comes to whoever is out there, if somebody comes to you and says, this happened to me, fucking talk to them, listen to them, hear what they have to say, let them go through what they need to go through, just be there for them, because they're going through a fucking tough time. And That's what you think about. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of the time, they're not going to know how you can help. That There's a lot of that when you're talking mental health as well. As how can I help? I don't know. But just keep talking to them. Listen. And the act of Exactly, exactly. And I've, you know, I've had work at 3.30 in the morning. I quite often start work at 3.30 in the morning at lunch. But I'll be talking to somebody at, you know, midnight, 1 o'clock, just to make sure that they're being heard and they know that they're being heard. They know they're being listened to by somebody who cares. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, I just want to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But... I'm still actively taking in what they're saying and then responding in a way that's about them. Not, this is what I did in that situation. Because 90% of the time it's not going to match their situation. And the same with, same with sexual abuse again. Listen to what they have to say. If at the end they ask what's your opinion, what do you think I should do, that's when you can potentially go, this is my opinion. But that's not going to happen for a long time, usually, in those sorts of discussions. 
it's pouring out of emotion of all of this uh, an inverted baggage. Well, from my experience in that situation, a lot of the time is um, those people just want to know that you're here for them. Exactly. When they make their decisions, whatever those decisions are, they can support them. Yeah. And for my friends who are in that position, they know I'm often dealing and they know that whatever they want to do or not do, how they feel, like all that kind of stuff, that's up to them to take that control. Yeah. And myself and our other friends that support them, we know that. I'm just there to make sure that we're okay. Yeah. For sure. It's been, it's been a <laughs> chat and a half, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, that sort of brings us to to the end of, of my questions. Anyway, was there anything that you'd want to add to, to all of this? It's been, it's been pretty full on. It's been pretty heavy. Um, I do kind of want to end on a high note if we can. Yeah. I'm just like, I think the high note out of this is that people are learning and there are people having a discussion. Yeah, exactly. So, moving forward, you, you focus on that. And you hope that even if there's just one person listening to this and they, and they message my, message the yes, like podcast, Facebook page and go, hey, I listened to this episode, this happened to me. If there's one person that talks to somebody else, you know, and, and have the discussion around these sorts of things, I feel fulfilled at that point because I've helped one person with what they're doing. So if we can continue to have these conversations, not just us, not just, you know, the the sexual therapists of the world, not just the police, not just the victims, but everyone able to have these the these sorts of communications, I think then the world's gonna be a better place. I don't think there's really much doubt about that. And then we can yeah, and it'll come with a positive outcome at the end of it. So that's what we can take out of this chat. Like I said, it, it, it's been full on, but it's it's one where I've learned a fair bit. Um, I think potentially both of us have learned something out of yeah, this as yeah. well. And and again, having this chat's been been really really cool and really really awesome. And um, hopefully, so you're starting up like it basically a group now, aren't you? To, yeah, collective. Um, we can probably team up, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, yeah, we're still I'd getting it together. That. And um, the point is that we're just going to be going into schools to um, basically just teach about healthy relationships, teach about consent and communication, mm-hmm. and talk about how how people can better manage um, themselves and how to um, discuss with their peers behaviours that are okay. Yeah. Because I guess like. I don't know, when I do talks and stuff, like conference talks, I usually try to end with like five takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole thing has been incredibly on the flight, so I don't, I don't have anything to do. But yeah. I'll probably go, takeaway number one is, um, for any victims out there, um, if you feel like talking, please, um, send a message to, um, mm-hmm. Simon. Um, I'm also available on Facebook, um, um, if you ever need to chat about anything, um, that's cool. You can keep it as confidential, whatever is possible. That's really sweet. Um, takeaway two, and probably one of the most important ones I want to say is, um, doing the right thing is never easy. Mm-hmm. But 
calling people out for inappropriate actions is incredibly powerful. Yeah, not everybody's going to like you for it. Um, it could damage your reputation or have for you, but at the end of the day, what really matters is you doing the right thing, and you're going to be proud of yourself for that, and that's all that fucking matters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you love yourself and you do the right thing, live uh, true to your values and your integrity, to be honest with yourself. And I guess, lastly, um, just make sure that you're communicating with people, with everybody, mm-hmm. with your peers, with your family, with, your, uh, with people that you're wishing to um, engage in some kind of sexual romantic relationship with. Mm-hmm. With your current partners, don't take them granted, um, communicate all the time. So that's not mm-hmm. five, that's two. But yep. that's, that's pretty good. I, I, I think I can almost <laughs> get out to five. Um, the fourth one that I'll put in. Is is basically our new catch cry. Consent. Get some before you get some. Right. Um, so that's the other one that I would put in. You should aim it at me Yeah. Get some before you get some. Um, there was another one, but it's it skipped my mind again now. I got too excited. Yeah. Four four slash five. Right. Um. But yeah. In, in addition to that, have that have those conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, on that note, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for it's having me. it's been it's been amazing. It's been a great chat. Um, I love what you do. Um, I've talked to you a few times about Phil Lunchbox, which was a fantastic thing. You're now doing a similar thing. Um, it's not your own enterprise, but that's yeah. really cool as well. Um, what was well, what was the name of that? Just so people uh, eat my lunch. Eat my lunch. So still buy one, lunch, um, one. provide one. Yeah, buy so, one, yeah one. it's the same concept. Really. Cool. Um, so yeah, if if you're in New Zealand, um, look that up. It's a really really cool thing to help those that might not be as privileged and uh, are going to school hungry. Uh, it's a really cool way to help that out. So check that out as well. And yeah, it's been awesome talking, man. Thanks. I'm sitting in the club I feel it's not hot enough Until you walk in It's like Oh my god Then again I don't believe in God I believe in you And that's the truth I want to get close to you And get all up Inside your space Whoa there What are you doing? You don't even know this woman She's a fine young thing She don't need grooming She's a human being She's got a brain And remembers everything you say Which reminds me Hi, sorry to talk about you Anyway, Jabby got things to do Women? No, that's what I'm trying to say Let's let this out To the right extent This guy wants you But only with your consent Only with your consent Only with your consent Only with your consent If you've got the time to make those kind of moves Then make it right, what have you got to lose? Let's lay things down, clear and stable This ain't no game, this ain't no fable This is a story about two individuals Communications grew, there became a sort of ritual One of them decided to change their mind And just to clarify, that's completely fine Cause no means no Yes, no, yes, no Yes, I get it now It works only with your consent Only with your consent Only with your consent 
working in a pool of sweat A cautionary tale that I won't forget It's blown my mind, this moral's tight Now's the time to set things right Turn a new pace from the sexist rage It just shouldn't happen in this day and age So next time I see a girl, I'll be true And if I'm feeling brave, I might try a guy too What? Uh, never mind. I feel like I've learned something. Oh, yeah? Well, do you want to apply what you've learned? Not really. Not tonight. I can't be bothered. What do you want to do, then? Just want to have some fun. I got us a guitar solo. Oh, how much? Twelve pounds. Only with your consent. Only with your consent. Only with your consent. This guy wants you, but only with your consent. Hello, groovy people of the internet. My name is Jack Howard. And I'm Dean Dobbs. I hope you enjoyed that video. If you did, you can buy the song on iTunes. The link's in the description. And we'd like to say a big old thank you to everybody who made this video possible. They're all credited in the description down below. In fact, if you want to see any more of our crazy adventures, then they're filmed you... more than once. Yeah, they're filmed more than once. If you can just go click the subscribe button if you want to. Yeah, it's a wicked button. It's really the good. The best button I've ever seen. Yeah, honestly, like. I've read an article that says it's it's like one of the best. It's even better than this button I've got here. Better than that one. And that's Dean's favourite button. Yeah, that is mine. But uh, can I have it back. No, not yet, not yet. We can talk about this later. Go buy the song on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs>